English listeners outside. Breathing in. I know the French-speaking Sangha is here. Breathing out, I smile to my Sangha. Good morning, dear friends. Welcome to the Francophone Retreat. This is our 12th annual Francophone Retreat. The French-speaking Sangha has become a very big family, numerous. In the beginning, in Plum Village, the French speakers were a small minority only. But now we have become a big family. <coughs> we need to find a comfortable sitting position so that we can stay in that position for 20 or 30 minutes, either with or without a cushion. everyday life, we need a spiritual practice. We need a spiritual dimension in our daily life, because the spiritual dimension helps us to face and overcome the difficulties, to resolve problems. And that spiritual dimension is our practice. If you are equipped with a good practice, you're no longer afraid because you know how how to face how to solve problems with clarity, with compassion, 
with lucidity, clarity. Every one of us has a physical body, but we also should have a spiritual body. And that body is the practice, our spiritual practice. <coughs> and spiritual practice should not be separate from our daily life. Every time, every time I drink tea, I can do that in a way in such a way that the spirituality can be there. So drinking tea can also be a spiritual act. So when you breathe in, and if you bring your attention to that in-breath, you bring your mind back to your body, and there you are well-established in the present moment. All you need is a few seconds to bring your mind back to your body. And when you're really there, in the present moment, the tea in your hands becomes something real, something true. And when you are real, the tea is real, and the contact between you and the tea becomes something deep, and you can drink the tea in concentration, in mindfulness, and that is true life. There is pleasure, there's joy, there's life in those moments of drinking tea. So drinking tea can be a very spiritual act. Because when you breathe in, in mindfulness, you can concentrate only on your in-breath. Your in-breath becomes the sole object of your mind. And in that way you can let go of everything the past, along with its regrets and pain, the future with its fear and anxiety, we can let go of those things. And one in-breath taken in mindfulness can make us free. Free of what? Free of the past, of the future, and of our worries. Because the object of our consciousness, of our mind, is the in-breath. You are only with the in-breath, and you let go of everything else. And you can be with your in-breath in a very deep way, such that you become one with your in-breath, and you have freedom freedom towards the past, 
freedom towards the future, your projects, your cares, etc. So freedom is something possible. This is not political freedom that we are speaking of here. This is the freedom with respect to our worries, our anger, our anxiety, etc. The things that make life difficult. So this freedom is something possible with one in-breath in mindfulness. When you breathe in, and you bring your attention to your in-breath, you have concentration. And when you're concentrated on the in-breath, you can let go of everything except that in-breath. You have become free. Because you're free, that's why you're able to be there 100%. And this is part of our life, available in the present moment. Life and all the wonders of life are there, available in the present moment. And if you're caught in the past or in the future, life is not for you. So an in-breath taken in mindfulness brings you back to the present moment where you can touch the wonders of life deeply. And it is thanks to that freedom, the freedom obtained through the practice of mindful breathing, Most of us think that happiness 
isn't possible in this moment. We need some conditions that aren't there yet. So we abandon the present to go looking for those conditions of happiness in the future. Most humans do like that. But when we come back to the present moment, we can realize there are plenty of conditions of happiness that are already available right now. More than enough to be happy right in the present moment. There's a French song about that. What are we waiting for to be happy? Qu'est-ce qu'on attend pour être heureux? What are we waiting for? When we come back to the present moment, we can look, we can listen, and we can get in touch with many things, many conditions, many elements that are there, with which we can make our own happiness and the happiness of other people. And that is a spiritual practice with a spiritual practice we begin to take care of our body of our feelings, sensations our emotions We know what to do to renew the connections, the links, and restore the communication. With the spiritual practice, we can do all of that. All of that may be obtained in just a few days of practice. We train ourselves in the practice. For example, when we breathe mindfully in the sitting position or walking or lying down, We bring our attention to our in-breath. We bring our mind back to our body. And right away, we're established in the present moment. We need just a few seconds to be able to do this. As we have brought our mind back to our body, we can observe that there are some tensions in the body, there's some pain. And that's why we can practice this exercise to release the tensions in the body. And the third exercise proposed by the Buddha 
The Buddha proposed 16 exercises of mindful breathing for taking care of our body, our feelings, our perceptions, and so on. The first exercise is very simple. Breathing in, I am with my in-breath, only with my in-breath. Breathing in, I know that this is an in-breath that I'm making. We let go of everything and we're free. Breathing out, I know this is an out-breath. It's simple, but the effect can be enormous, the freedom for life. And then the second exercise is goes more deeply into the in-breath and the out-breath. Breathing in, I follow my in-breath all the way from the beginning to the end. Breathing out, I follow the entire length of my out-breath. For example, imagine this piece of paper is my in-breath. It starts at this end and it goes to this end. It may take three, four, five, six seconds. And as I'm breathing in, I am so concentrated on my in-breath that there is no interruption during those three, four, five seconds. So there's not just mindfulness, there's also concentration. What is mindfulness? Mindfulness is the energy that allows us to, to know, to be aware of what's going on in the present moment. What's happening in the present moment is, I am breathing in. And you follow your in-breath from the beginning to the end. So there's mindfulness, there is concentration on the in-breath. So it's not that different from the first exercise, it's just that it's going a little bit deeper. With the first exercise, we have already been able to generate the energy of mindfulness and a little bit of concentration. With the second exercise, we follow our in-breath, the entire length of our in-breath. So mindfulness and concentration are deeper, much deeper. And the pleasure of breathing is great. We don't have to suffer breathing in. Breathing can be something very pleasant to do. I enjoy my in-breath. I breathe in and I enjoy my in-breath because I know I'm alive. Someone who has died cannot breathe any longer. Breathing in, I breathe, therefore I am. It's not I think, therefore I am. If I think, I think, therefore I am lost in my thinking. I'm not really there. 
But when I breathe in, I bring my mind back to my body. I'm really established in the present moment, and I know very well that I'm alive. Because a person who is dead cannot breathe in. So the first and second exercises bring us a lot of happiness and a lot of joy. We don't have to suffer with our spiritual practice. Life is already full enough of suffering. Why should we add more through our spiritual practice? So we have to train ourselves to breathe in such a way that joy and happiness are possible. Breathing in, I enjoy my in-breath. You celebrate life. You're alive. You're living. That's what you notice with your in-breath, breathing in, I know I'm alive. And with your out-breath and your in-breath, you celebrate already life, the fact of being alive. So joy is possible, my friends. Please make sure that your spiritual practice is pleasant. We should not suffer during our practice. The third exercise, breathing in. I'm aware of my body. busy. We may spend three, four hours in front of the television or the computer. your body, 
and you remember you have a body. It's simple, but it's very important. To be in contact with the body. We can establish ourselves in the present moment to get deeply in touch with life in us and around us. And it's a reunion of body and mind in the third exercise. Breathing in. I know my body is here. It exists. Breathing out, I am with my body. And the fourth exercise is for Relaxing, releasing tension and reducing the pain in the body. Breathing in, I allow my body to relax. I release the tensions in my body. And this can be done anytime, at any moment in daily life when you're walking, when you're sitting down, waiting for an airplane, driving your car, watering your vegetable garden, washing the dishes, you can practice just like that. Relaxation. We have accumulated tensions and pain in our body and many illnesses come from that. So that's why we need to know how to take care of our body. In in sitting meditation as well as in walking meditation, we do the same. We allow ourselves to relax. Releasing tension, that's the fourth exercise of breathing. Releasing tension in the body. The second exercise was following in-breath and out-breath. From the beginning to the end. Following the whole length of the in-breath and the out-breath. The first exercise was recognizing in-breath, as in-breath, and 
the out-breath as out-breath. It is the Buddha who has directly proposed these four exercises so that we can take care of our body. And that is already a spiritual practice. The fifth exercise, we get in touch with the feelings, sensations. The fifth exercise is for bringing forth, generating a pleasant feeling. As a practitioner, we should be capable of creating, of bringing about a feeling of joy at any moment. <laughs> bringing about joy. The sixth exercise is bringing about happiness. The seventh exercise is recognizing a painful feeling. And the eighth is calming, soothing the painful feeling. So this second series of four exercises is for taking care of our feelings. When you are capable of bringing your mind back to your body, you're established in the present moment, and then you are in a position to get in touch with many wonders of life that are already here. The present moment is full of wonders. Your body is a wonder. The sun, the rain, the trees, the hills, the spring, these are all wonders. And we can say that the kingdom of God is here, available in the present moment. Let us speak, for example, of this tulip flower. For me, a flower, this flower belongs to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God in Buddhism, we say the pure land of the Buddha. There are Buddhas in the past, there are Buddhas in the present, there will be Buddhas in the future, and every living being can become a Buddha. 
What is a Buddha? A Buddha is someone who is infused with the energy of mindfulness, concentrating, concentration, understanding, and love. We also possess the seeds of mindfulness in us. We have a seed of concentration. We have seeds of understanding, of compassion in us, and if we can help those seeds to manifest, then we are Buddhas. We have that Buddha nature in us, And it is possible to help the pure land of the Buddha to manifest in the present moment with mindfulness. With mindfulness, we establish ourselves in the present moment, and that's what allows us to get in touch with the wonders of life. So for me, the kingdom of God is not just an idea. It's not something that belongs to the future or to some other place. The kingdom is available here and now. And not only this flower belongs to the kingdom, but our own body also belongs to the kingdom. Your body is a wonder. So, when you are established in the present moment, you can get in touch, and that's why you're able to generate the energy of joy right away. Anytime, any moment. The wonders of life are there in you and around you. And you can also generate a feeling of happiness. Happiness is here and now. Now or never. So with mindfulness and with concentration, we can make our happiness. We can generate a feeling of joy and a feeling of happiness. Because we need to be nourished. We need transformation. And these energies can help us to nourish ourselves and to transform. There are things that are healthy, wholesome, and nourishing. So we need to get in touch with those things to nourish ourselves and to transform. So the seventh exercise is for recognizing a painful feeling when it manifests. That feeling may be physical or mental, emotional. We should not try to run away from that feeling. When that feeling, that painful feeling manifests, when that painful emotion manifests, we have to be there for it. We shouldn't go trying to run away from our pain. 
with the practice of walking meditation, with the practice of mindful breathing, we're strong enough to be able to come back and take care of that pain in us. Breathing in, I know there's pain here. Hello, my little pain. I know you're there. I'm going to take care of you. Fearless. And if we train ourselves in mindful breathing, mindful walking, we would have, we will have enough strength to do this, to recognize the pain and to embrace it tenderly just as a mom takes her baby into her arms with a lot of gentleness. That is how the practitioner recognizes the pain and embraces that pain with a lot of tenderness. Tenderness is you, and that pain is also you. So the seventh exercise is recognizing pain, and the eighth is embracing that pain to be able to calm it, to soothe it. So, a relief is possible after some minutes of practice. We usually try to run away from it to avoid getting in touch with the pain. We turn on the TV to watch it, even if the program isn't even interesting. We listen to music. We look for something to eat, something to drink. We go talk on the telephone. We do everything to avoid having to face the pain in us. Here, we do exactly the opposite. When pain manifests, we have to stop everything. We have to come back to ourselves to be able to recognize that pain and to embrace it tenderly. In a practice center, everyone is doing that. And we can help the other person to do the same thing. If we notice that the other person is suffering, <clears throat> We can come to her with mindfulness. We can help the other person to recognize and to embrace her own suffering. And we can get some relief after some minutes in this way. And that's why practitioners like to have a sangha it means a community of practice. 
because in a sangha, in a community of practice, everybody is doing that. Every time pain manifests, we know what to do. With mindful breathing, mindful sitting, mindful walking, we can generate the energy of mindfulness, of concentration, and we can very well recognize and embrace that pain and get the relief. If you are a beginner in the practice, and if your mindfulness and concentration are not yet strong enough to be able to do this, to recognize and to embrace, then we need the support of others, brothers and sisters in the practice. That's why in the Buddhist tradition we need a sangha, a community of practice. Dear friends, dear brothers, dear sisters in the sangha, here's my pain. Please help me to recognize and embrace this pain. And then everyone will help you to do it. In the beginning, I take refuge in my sangha, in my community of practice, because I need the sangha to help me in difficult moments. There's a very close relationship between pain or suffering and happiness. We seek happiness and we want to But we need to see that happiness is related to suffering. Happiness is made of non-happiness elements, just like a flower is made of non-flower elements. When we look deeply into a flower, we see that the flower is made of only non-flower elements. Look into the flower. There's the sun. The sun is not a flower, but without the sun, it's impossible for the flower to be there. If we remove the sun from the flower, the flower ceases to exist. There's a cloud in the flower. If we try to take the cloud out of the flower, the flower is no longer there. The sun, the clouds, these are non-flower elements that have helped the flower to manifest. Happiness is a flower, and happiness is made of non-happiness elements. That is what the Buddha taught. And among the non-happiness elements, there is suffering. Suffering plays a very important role in the production of happiness. 
That's why the Buddha began with suffering. Suffering is considered as the first noble truth. What's so noble about suffering? It's because if you look deeply into suffering, you can discover the roots of the nature of the suffering, how that suffering has been made. And then you get the understanding, the insight about the suffering. And that understanding of suffering will help compassion and love to be born. We already know that if we don't understand the other person, we cannot love him or her. And here, to understand is, first of all, to understand his or her suffering and difficulties. When I see the suffering, the difficulties of that person, compassion is born in me right away. I understand that that person has done things that make him or her unhappy and make other people unhappy as well because that person doesn't understand her own suffering. She's the victim of her suffering. She doesn't know how to handle her suffering, how to take care of it. That's why she's the victim. And you have perhaps become the second or third or fourth victim of her suffering. When you see the suffering of the other person, understanding is born, and with the understanding there is also compassion, and you no longer have any desire to punish that person. You only want to do something to help that person to suffer less. So understanding and compassion are basic elements of happiness. And if and, and these basic elements of happiness are not possible without suffering. Most of us think that the kingdom of God is a place where there is no suffering. If we go to the kingdom of God, we no longer suffer. That's what we think. But if there is no suffering, then there's no compassion, there's no love. We cannot imagine that in the kingdom of God there would be no understanding, no love. Because happiness is made with those two things, understanding and love. Without suffering, there's no understanding. Without suffering, there's no love. In Plum Village, we cultivate lotus flowers in all the hamlets, and we know that without the mud, 
there is no lotus. So without suffering, there's no happiness. Suffering is part of happiness. Suffering is a non-happiness element, which is essential to the making of happiness. So a good practitioner is someone who knows how to make use of suffering to produce, to make happiness. If you are an organic gardener, you know compost is essential. You don't throw anything away. You keep the garbage and you make compost to be able to nourish the flowers and the vegetables. And that's exactly what we do in this practice. We make use with a lot of wisdom. We make use of the suffering to make happiness. We use compost to nourish flowers. So the kingdom of God, for me, is a place where the men and women know how to use the suffering to produce happiness. For me, suffering has to be there in the kingdom of God in order for understanding and love to be produced. So this is an insight it's called the inside of interbeing. The flower cannot be by itself. It has to interbe with all the non-flower elements. Happiness is also a kind of flower. Happiness cannot be by itself. It has to interbe with the other elements, including the element called suffering. So for a practitioner, we mustn't be afraid of suffering. We should learn how to use suffering with skillfulness in order to make happiness. This is an artist, the practitioner, is not afraid of suffering. So the fifth exercise and the sixth exercise, generating joy, generating happiness. We need those two elements. The first element is getting in touch with the wonders of life that are available in the present moment. And the second is knowing how to skillfully use the pain and the suffering to be able to 
transform them into joy and happiness. That is the art of organic gardening. And a good practitioner does exactly like that. Let us now enjoy a walking meditation together outside. We're so lucky it stopped raining. And during the walking meditation, every step brings us back to the present moment. Breathing in. I have arrived. Arrived. Breathing out. I am home. I am home. Your home is life. Life is the present moment. So every step brings us back to the present moment. When you breathe in, you may make two or three steps. I have arrived, arrived, arrived. I don't need to run anymore. I've run all my life. And every step brings me back to the present moment, the moment where I can touch the presence of life, the presence of the kingdom of God, of the, the Buddha land, with its wonders. So every step taken in that way can heal us, can nourish us, and can transform us. There are those among us who've been able to heal just through the practice of walking meditation. Always in the present moment, always in touch with the wonders of life. And we are supported by the energy of the group to remain in the present moment. We need to train ourselves and after this week, you'll be able to continue in your own hometown. When we walk from the parking lot to our office, we can also walk in the kingdom of God. You can enjoy every step you take. It's very possible. 